All right, we are starting a new message series this morning called Living Stones. And the series is based on a passage of scripture that's found in a larger section of scripture in Second and First Peter two. And uh, this is our memory verse this week, so let's read it together. First uh, Peter two five, and you all, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Let's try that again. For there we go. First Peter 2, 5. And you all, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. First Peter 2, 5. Y'all are being built into a spiritual house, like living stones. God is building a spiritual house, and, and you're the building materials. You and I are rocks. You just turn to your neighbor and say, you rock, you rock. <laughs> you rock, you rock. We are living stones, and each stone is carefully chosen. I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking about our, uh, reminded of our son-in-law, Jeff. He and Charity heat their house primarily with wood, so uh, he spends a lot of time out in the hedgerows and out in the woods looking for wood, but... Uh, he never looks just for wood. He's also looking for rocks. And if he finds a unique rock or a, a pretty rock, a beautiful rock, he'll bring that home with him. And Charity says he rarely comes home without a rock. And you can imagine God as he's building his house, his spiritual house, carefully picking out each stone that will go into that house and, and, and then placing it in place. You're not here by accident. God is purposely building his house, and you're part of his blueprint. You're his, part of his building plan. And I've wanted to do a series on the church for several non- months now because I believe that God is doing something unique in our church right now. And I think that we can all see that. And when you see God moving and working among you, then that's God's invitation to join him in what he's doing. Only God can open our eyes to see what he's doing. And when he does, that's an invitation to be involved in what he is doing. And this is what Jesus was talking about in John five seventeen and then 19 and 20. He says, I assure you that the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. And whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and tells him everything that he's doing. So in this series, we're going to be talking about how each of us can, as living stones, be more intentionally involved in what God is doing in our church right now. And it's a four-week series, and it's an invitation for each of us to look up, to show up, to reach out, and to join in. And the invitation today, the message today, is look up. And it's about prayer. I'll look again at the scripture Uh, our memory verse, and you all, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. And in scripture, in the New Testament, you find that there are several metaphors for the church. Uh, John talks about the church as being the bride of Christ. Uh, Paul talks about the church as the body of Christ. And both Paul and Peter talk about the church as a house, a spiritual house. 
And God is building his church, his house, and it's a specific kind of house. It's a spiritual house. It's, it's not a um, clubhouse. It's not a Brooks and Mortar house. It's not a Republican house or a Democratic house. We're being built into a spiritual house. So if we see God building us into a spiritual house, we, we need to know what a spiritual house looks like and how we can cooperate with what God is doing. So I want to talk first about what are some of the essentials of a spiritual house. And the first is that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. Like we sang in the song, uh, Christ is the cornerstone. And the church exists to worship and make Jesus' name and his kingdom known. He's the cornerstone. He's the foundation that holds it all together. And uh, as I said earlier, our memory verse comes from a larger passage of scripture in 1 Peter where we see this laid out clearly. And here's what it says. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you've tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by human beings but chosen by God and precious to him, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the building that God is building. And then the second essential is the Holy Spirit has to be present. (laughs) And that's pretty obvious. To build a spiritual house, you have to have the Spirit. And if the Spirit is missing, the church is dead. It it may still be meeting, but the life is gone. And the Spirit has to be present or it's not a spiritual house. And Paul, Paul says something very similar to our memory verse in Ephesians 2.22. He says, In him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Uh, this building that God is putting together is made up of people in which God's Spirit is dwelling and living. And so one of the essentials is the presence of the Spirit. Uh, We went to visit our son, Sean, uh, over Christmas break. And um, they, at one point, had had some marriage problems and began attending this church. And God just turned that whole situation around and their marriage around. And it's just amazing to see what God has done through this church. So when we went to visit him, I wanted to go to their church. And... We went and uh, they had an area kind of like this at the back where people were kind of hanging around getting some coffee and talking to one another. And our son said, I want to introduce you to Ken, our pastor. And so we went over to be introduced to him and I reached out my hand to shake his hand and to uh, expecting just an introduction. But when I took his hand and he looked uh, looked me in the eyes, the spirit just was so present that I just teared up and it was almost embarrassing, but I just sensed the spirit of God. And when the spirit is present in the church, you experience his presence. And it may not be like that where, you know, I'll get to sit around and, and tear up or anything, but 
God's Spirit is working in our hearts during the service. He's nudging somebody over here, and, and He's bringing hope over here, and tears may come as, as you just are overwhelmed by the goodness of God and the mercy of God. And the Spirit is working through all the parts of the, the service. And, you know, you may be hearing me speak or you hear the words in the song, and, and, and God will just move in your life through that. And he's, he's, he's speaking to you. And even though it's me speaking, it's his Spirit that's saying, it's going to be all right. It's his Spirit that is saying, that promise was for you. It's his spirit that assures us that, you know, you can put that down. That's too heavy for you to carry. You don't have to carry it anymore. Give it to me. And his spirit is always at work in the church. And, and he's working in the worship service. And um, he's working to take this diverse group of people, you know, from all kinds of different backgrounds with all kinds of expectations and, and to make one body to, to bring unity to that church and he's the one who gives it vision and gives it energy and direction and purpose a spiritual house is a house where the spirit is present and then the third essential to a spiritual house is that it's a house of prayer um, for a church to be a spiritual house we need a fresh supply of God's Spirit. Uh, we can't depend on what the Spirit did years ago or what the Spirit did last year or what the Spirit did last week. We need His presence and His guidance right now, His empowering, His wisdom, His enabling. Um, and that comes through prayer. God is building a spiritual house, and the primarily, primary way that we can cooperate with Him, and that is by praying. Uh, throughout scripture, you, you see this link between sincere believing prayer and God's power being released on earth. Uh, Jesus is present with us when we pray. And as we look up to God in prayer, he'll build his church. He'll build a spiritual house. And with that in mind, I, I want to take a minute and look at three ways that we can be more intentional about prayer uh, as a central part of our church. And the first is uh, we need to be people of prayer. Uh, we've all heard that song, the church is not a building, the church is not a steeple, right? I think it goes something like this. Wait, you got to have your hands just straight. <laughs> the church is uh, not a resting place. The church is the people, right? And so the church is made up of spiritual people, people who pray. And, you know, I know that it's hard to fit prayer into your life sometimes. And you have to be intentional about it. And we've talked about that quite a bit lately. But it does make such a difference in your life. And when we get uh, so many things going on in our life and get so busy that we don't have to have time for prayer, then, then we need to reassess our priorities uh, as you look at the scriptures, you know, Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple courts because they had turned his house into a marketplace. And it was supposed to be a place of prayer. And in our life, there are many things that will catch our eye and turn our head and capture our attention. And if we fill our lives with all these activities that are about making a living or climbing the ladder or storing up treasures on earth... Um, then our priorities are, uh, have been confused. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, 
Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? And um, our bodies, just like the Jerusalem and the temple in Jerusalem was God's dwelling place, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And they're meant to be houses of prayer. And when we use our life only for worldly pursuits, then we miss our purpose. We're to be a place of prayer, people of prayer uh, in our daily lives. And then uh, the second way we can be more intentional about prayer is to pray for the church regularly. When you become a member of the church, this is one of the commitments that you make to support the church through your prayers. And your prayers make a difference. Uh, The Apostle James said it pretty clearly. You have not because you ask not. And it's as simple as that. God waits for us. Uh, Often he's just waiting for us to ask. And he meets our needs as we seek him earnestly in prayer. So I would encourage you to pray for the leadership of the church. Uh, Pray for the ministries of the church. We've got a lot of new ministries that are starting up and the children's ministry is going strong and those kids need our prayers and the leaders of that need our prayers and we're trying to get this contemporary worship service started and that definitely needs your prayers. There are, there are so many things that we, we can be praying about and pray for each other. The church is people and um, we need to lift each other up in prayer. And the key takeaway that I uh, have for you today is through prayer The Holy Spirit uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. Through prayer, the Holy Spirit uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. Today we have the privilege of celebrating something extraordinary that God has done uh, through prayer and perseverance. Uh, Most of you know John Halleck. And uh, I talked to Kathy last night to make sure I had the story straight. And, but uh, how long ago? Four years ago? Four years ago in July. John was painting the ceiling in the, a room in their home. And he was looking up for about two hours. And he didn't realize it, but he had three herniated discs in the back of his neck, and one of those discs was pressing on his spinal cord and, and shutting the blood off to that. So after he got done, he didn't feel very well. And kind of to shorten the story down a little bit, within a few hours, uh, he was totally paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, and they had him in Kalamazoo Hospital. And after some MRIs and some tests, uh, Kathy and John were told that he would never move anything but his head. And uh, totally unable to move his arms or his legs. Um, at one point he had a, a brainstem stroke and was unable to swallow or talk. So uh, just a series of really tragic things. But John was determined that he was going to walk. And this church was holding him up in prayer and supporting Kathy and, and John and praying for John. And through perseverance... Uh, over time, John has made amazing progress. Kathy said it was just a miracle the day she walked into his room and he said, look, I can move my thumb. And she looked at it and, and she said, I, 
I don't see anything. Can you see anything? And he said, no, I can't see anything, but I know that I'm controlling my thumb. And so it just started with something that small, and over time, uh, God has worked a miracle in John's life. And we're going to watch a video of John walking with a walker. And what I would like to do is um, I'm going to video you at the end of that as if you were there that day with him so that you can congratulate him and cheer him and say congratulations. So uh, I'm going to tell you the video is pretty short, so you need to be ready at the end. But uh, I think we all missed out on that. I think all the hundreds of prayers that have been said, you would have all liked to have been there and cheered for him. So we get a chance. We're going to make a video to send it back to John uh, to let him know, uh, congratulations, good job. We're continuing to pray for you. All right? So let me get this all set here. And you're going to respond in whatever way. But, uh, and actually, I just start it now because I can edit this. <coughs> go ahead and show the video for Our, us. I don't want it to go too far ahead of me. You didn't think I would, huh? Oh, what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> now I know I need it. I told her. I know I told her yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really got to get to work now. You might come after me. You're going to chase you, Melvin. Smile on that face. Love it. Hold on. Get that walker. Don't let it go too far. Now, how is this left leg feeling? Okay. Not getting wobbly? Yes, it is. Remember, you got to always bring that right leg up as far. Or at least up two. have a God for whom nothing is impossible. And you know, he doesn't always answer our prayers overnight. Uh, it may require perseverance and take endurance. But God hears and answers our prayers. And you know, I hear stories all the time about uh, pastors who say, you know, some new ministry took off, but they can trace it back to, you know, a group of ladies who were praying or, you know, um, it trace it back to prayer at some point. So we need to pray for the church uh, and then pray as a church. In the New Testament, when the church prayed, things happened. In fact, miraculous, great things happened. We have an all-powerful God, and we have a God who can turn uh, around any situation, and his son has given us, his church, that message and the power Um, that comes with that. And when the church prays, mountains move. And in the last several weeks, er, I've really felt that God is calling me to raise the level of prayer in our churches. And um, actually, since I've been here, but in the past force, and I have been in uh, one-point charges where we could set aside an evening and go to the church and pray with people. And that just seemed overwhelming or impossible to me with two churches to try to find two nights a week to 
to start a prayer ministry. But I just feel that it's so important. And lately, I, God has been urging me to begin to intently look at prayer. And, um, and then he's put people in my life over the last couple of weeks that, you know, one person wanted to start a prayer group for women and another person from Bellevue said, I want to buy this prayer book for every person in our church. And it's kind of like everybody that's talking to me is talking about prayer. And, and so uh, on the back of your uh, message notes, I've put a schedule. I'm going to give this, uh, uh, try this, see, see where God will take it. Uh, we'll meet every other week, and uh, one week at Baseline, then the other week at Bellevue. But on Thursday night from 6 to 6.45, tried to leave room for meetings afterwards or whatever needs to happen after that. But it's just going to be a time of praying and a time of singing. And um, I would just uh, invite you all to be a part of that and come and see what God does. Jesus made this promise in Matthew 18. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. And I believe that God is calling us to pray together. And as we do that, we'll see God move in people's lives and life situations. There are so many people in our churches that need prayer. They need uh, intervention in a variety of ways and our church um, will see God move as we pray and I invite you to be a part of that and would you join me right now as we pray together God I thank you uh, so much for this church and for all that you're doing in it you're just so wonderful and we love you we love your son Jesus we we want this church to be effective in the work you've given us and Uh, So we ask that you send your Holy Spirit. We know that we can't do this on our own power. We need your Holy Spirit. We're praying for it. We're asking him to come, to dwell among us, to move in our hearts, to guide us, to show us, to encourage us, to give us the strength and the energy and the direction that we need. And we'll just give you all the glory and the praise, God, as you begin to unfold and and, uh, do the things that you intend to do here in us and through us. We offer ourselves for these purposes in the name of Jesus Christ and for his glory. Amen.